0: Sacred Space on West Limerick
1: 102. And good morning, listeners, and welcome to Sacred Space here on West Limerick 102. My name is John Keeley, and I'm joined in today, uh, in studio today, by a number of guests, but we'll start them nice and handily, introduce them bit by bit. First of all, welcome back again to our usual um, two people who really help us out these last few weeks on the radio Uh, Lorraine Buckley from Newcastle West. Good morning. Good morning, John. And Shane, I've heard some reports about you, thank you very much for coming (laughs) every week. Good morning, Good morning, thank you very much indeed. We also are delighted to have with us this morning Father John Cribbon, who's uh, just recently returned from Brazil and will be talking to us shortly. Good morning,
0: Father. Good morning, John, and to all the listeners.
1: Thank you. And of course, uh, we couldn't just have a piece from Brazil here because we decided to have one from Newcastle West. Father Richard Keane, uh, welcome, Father. Oh, thank you very much, John. I'm very glad and happy to be back here again with you. Thank you. And also, of course, Father, you might just introduce three other guests that you brought along with us this morning, please. Yeah, we have committed that helps to uh, raise money
2: for street children in uh, South America, done various projects uh, over the years. Such as uh, bed pushing and uh, selling Christmas cards and organising concerts and lots of other kind of brilliant ideas planned for the future. Just jumping out of airplanes with parachutes and everything, but just to uh, just okay. to, say to raise money for the, the the street children in Latin America. Um,
3: Even a sponsored shave, father.
2: I it's believe that is. Oh, I don't know, the weather's too cold. Actually, so I now, all this, all ca- this keeps my face nice and warm. <laughs> anyway, so you might just introduce the two girls. <laughs> of course, <laughs> uh, Rachel and him.
4: Good morning. Good morning,
2: Rachel. I'm um, Sarah McKay.
4: Good morning. Good
1: morning, Sarah. And Kira
2: McKay. Good morning. It's easy
1: to remember the names. Kira was here before. We didn't hear her before, but now we hear her this time. Glad you're all very, well welcome, and thank you for joining us this morning. A very welcome, a very special welcome to those of you who are listening at home and who, for one reason or another, might be ill or housebound and can't maybe can't get out of the house, maybe can't get out of bed this morning. What we usually do, we have a little light that we keep alighted during the program, and that's to remind us all. That um, we are listening, that we are, we have in fact invoked the Holy Spirit before, at at the start of the programme, asking that the Holy Spirit will speak to us all, no matter where we are, how sick we are during this programme. So, especially those who are sick this morning, you're very welcome and thank you for listening and joining us. Also, to those people who are listening to us on the internet, I'm not too sure if people have heard us from Brazil. I think we did have one person from Brazil, Father, but I believe it's too early in the morning. I believe it's about five hours behind.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Maybe we can get a, a podcast put on the program. We're working on that at the moment to maybe get it done. But anyway, all of those who are, who are listening to, and I believe our Vatican correspondent has returned, uh, but I have been told, Lorraine, that, that there's a certain person from uh, from Enfield in London yes. who's complaining that we, that we keep on forgetting to mention him.
3: Well, we better mention him this morning. Good morning, John in Enfield.
1: Good morning, John. You can't blame me now this time. Okay, after that now, um, so... Uh, thank you very much indeed for for joining us. The program will, will take a slightly different um, tact than what we usually take. We usually go through maybe a reflection first of all, then we go through the Gospel of the day, then we end up with some news of what's happening around the place this morning because Father John's here, and these girls have got lots of things to tell us later on. So what we'll do, we'll kind of just kick off with a bit of music first of all, then uh, have a chat with Father John, come back later on then to have a general chat amongst us all. <laughs> If anybody wants to make any comment about the program, please do so. Um, you can do so by a few ways. You can contact the program here during the week, or maybe contact the station on 69 double six two hundred. Maybe drop a line to West Limit 102 <coughs> Radio, Sheens Road, Newcastle West. Or you can contact us by email, which is on sacredspace, that's all one word, sacredspace102 at gmail.com. And I'd like to take this opportunity, thanking all the people who have indeed commented in the program and have offered us some lovely ideas coming up in the near future. We'll hopefully, we'll take those on board. So, okay, we won't, make, uh, I won't waste too much more of the time of this program because it's precious, but we might start off with a piece of music. And the piece of music um decided to start off with this morning um is and i'm always going to forget the name of this person and the name of the uh, uh, and pronounce the name of the Lorraine you can introduce <laughs> the program and all that and on the first
3: piece of music is actually a traditional irish piece it's the annunciation it's played by melinda dumitrescu and it's from the album
1: daruj nam mir i told you she could say better than me Was a nice bit of music now to start off the program, and of course, Shane. After the after the loud music we played first last week, I promised people that I wouldn't wake him up in all of a jolt this morning. So that was, oh, a, nice, so that was a nice gentle way, way way in on a Sunday a morning. Nice little way to to, to introduce the program. Mm. Okay, so uh, welcome back again. Now after a nice bit of music, as I said, we do have Father uh, Father John with well, us, Father John Cribbin. and uh, maybe we thought we'd start off the program maybe Father, by by you maybe you're giving us an outline of your, the, the background to your. You, you, were you born in Shanagolden, very close to you?
0: Yes, I was born in Shanagolden. We had a public house in the, there in the, Shanagolden. as the corner house in front of the creamery. Okay. So it was always a very busy place when I think back to my boyhood. Uh-huh. People bringing in, farmers coming from all over, bringing in their milk there every morning, doing their messages. And it was in shanna then that I started school, initially in the old school, and then in 1943 the new school was opened in shanna and that's where I did all my primary studies. And then I went for two years to St. Sennan's Secondary School, which was on the road from shanna to Foynes. Okay. Run by Mrs. Paddy McNamara. I address them all now. And... Um, after two years in St. Sens, I think it was felt that I wasn't studying enough. So. <laughs> oh, Father. <laughs> I was sent to St. Munchens in Limerick in Henry Street, the old Munchens. Okay. And that's where I did my intercert and my leaving-cert.
1: That would have been about, what, about 1950, the, the early...
0: Yeah. 48 I started, and I finished up in 54. I say oh, I last okay that, now. that's a long time ago yeah. fact, like sixty years
1: ago I mean yeah. sixty years ago. Mm-hmm. a different type of leaving certain schooling, I suppose then as opposed to now
0: Oh yeah, I'd say it's a lot more difficult now, a lot more scientific. there are so many uh subjects now that I wouldn't know you, you, wouldn't, mean, you wouldn't know what the subjects are about. <laughs> it's so varied uh, uh, and did you have family father, you have brothers and sisters? Yeah, there were five of us in family. Mm-hmm. Uh, three of us are still alive. My sister Mary, who lives fairly near here in cool Norn, Mary O'Connor, her husband died last year.
1: She does. She plays some lovely music for us in either church. She's that's
0: true. Of, that's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and my brother Toss, he lives in his farm in near Skeeton. Okay, and my brother Mike, I'd rest him died. About twelve years ago, my sister Lily died in 1978. I them. so there are three of us left three so of the five- mm-hmm.
1: so you you got as far as um uh, you got as far as you've done your Leben search in Limerick. did you have mm-hmm. any plans then as to what you might do with your life then father did you have any well, I suppose
0: God was calling me you know in different ways to the priesthood mm-hmm. and possibility of becoming a priest here in the home in the home diocese of Limerick was always there but I always felt called to the missions mm-hmm. uh, maybe it was the fact that there were a lot of missionary priests uh, from Shannon golden and I entered in contact with them uh, just by the fact that I was serving Mass for many years in Shanagolan as a youngster, so I got that to is. know these priests when they came home from holidays. And then the priests, missionary priests, used to come around to the schools and gives us, give us talk okay. mm-hmm. on the missions. And I always had that, that inkling to go to Africa. For
1: some reason. Maybe this idea was given by these priests? By used to these priests,
0: yeah, Definitely. And lots. Of, and then, uh, even when I joined the oblates, that 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 wish was still there, very strong, to go to Africa. And we had lots of Irish missionaries coming back to the seminary, giving us talks that worked in different parts of Africa. And then, about 1960 our then Provincial who was Father Paddy MacDonald from Kilcolman, uh-huh. uh, he went to Brazil. And the reason he went to Brazil was that good Pope John XXIII had made an appeal to Irish bishops and superiors of Irish religious orders to look towards Latin America. Okay. Up to that time, I'd say, we were inclined to look a lot to Africa, to China. We had the Minute Mission to China. We had different missions in Africa. And uh, in Latin America you had uh, a whole continent of different countries, nominally Catholic, but with very few priests. So it was to attend that reality, I think, that the Pope expressed his wish that Irish bishops and religious superiors would give more attention to the South American mission. Mm-hmm.
3: What was it about the oblates that attracted you? What was their particular charism? Because I wouldn't know terribly much about the oblates myself.
0: Well I suppose from a very human point of view, I had a first cousin who was an oblate, Father John Doerr, did great work for the Irish in Kilburn mm-hmm. many years ago. Uh, and then there were a lot of obelis from around. There was Father Bill Donovan, who is from Cool still alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was brothers, like Brother Paddy Bridgman, here from uh, Arda, and Father Phil Dunneher from Naknabula, Father Joe Danher from Irene, Father Pat MacDonald, who I have already mentioned, and there were the two Connellan brothers from Ratkeel okay. they were all oblets in a very limited area you know, mm-hmm. there in West mm-hmm. Limerick so I suppose the big factor may have been the fact that I had a first cousin mm-hmm. an oblet Caramoyle was near as well yeah. you know mm-hmm. so God, as I say in Brazil God writes straight with crooked lines <laughs> and still, so still those it. crooked lines <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, came together with me at the last moment. Instead of opting for Africa, I opted for Brazil because our uh, provincial father, Paddy MacDonald, had gone to Brazil, decided to open a mission there, and he was looking for volunteers. I think I was the first out of the seminary. Wow. The young priest that got... Mm. am I obedient as we used to say Mm -hmm. to Brazil I was very fortunate in that way
3: Mm. what's the difference between say a religious priest and a diocesan priest
0: well that's a hard question it's terrible Uh, (laughs) question in Sunday morning
3: isn't it (laughs) you asked me
0: about about the the motto Mm -hmm. of Diabolus Mm -hmm. Diablos motto is you know from St. Luke's Gospel he sent me to preach the Gospel to the poor oh Mm -hmm. beautiful and and Religious priests live in community, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, they follow. They have a, a rule to follow. The rule of their founder, Saint Francis, for the Franciscans, Saint Dominic for the Dominicans. You know, there's an awful lot of similarity in all these rules. Yeah. But uh, I suppose each each religious congregation has its own specific identity, mm. and. Uh, so, the poor are the poor in spirit, and the poor who are really poor. Do you know the poor in spirit are really the people that have left? No, they have no spirit left in them.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: They're, they're bereft of spirit. So it's the the, the actual poor that have nothing. Mm. I think sometimes we we kind of argue falsely that the rich can be poor in spirit. That's rubbish. Uh, you're poor in spirit when Christ said blessed are the poor in spirit he was saying blessed are you that are completely bereft of any spirit of to fight and to mm-hmm. to you're really downtrodden no yeah Violet
1: can I just take you back a bit mm-hmm. um, when you decided yeah okay I, I, I'm going to try my vocation you obviously had to mention that to your parents and you had to mention it to your friends what was the reaction i your parents and your
0: friends. Well, I think my father, God rest him, was disappointed that I didn't go on for the Limerick Diocese. He knew his son... Well, he was a Munchens man himself. Okay. And he knew a wonderful amount of priests all over the diocese. I remember himself and Canon Rice would meet in the road. Canon Rice would get off his bicycle. And if some priest had died... We'd say over in Kilmaik or someplace. Okay. The two of them would make all the the changes. They'd anticipate all the changes. <laughs> <in> the <middle laughs> so uh, analysis, he, he was well integrated into the uh, into the church and into the the diocesan scene. You know, and okay. I think his wish would have been that I would go. And I always remember my mother saying when I told him. Asher, let him go wherever God is calling him. So okay. I think mean, that kind of that's sealed okay. it. Mm-hmm.
1: And say your friends or your colleagues at school, were they surprised that you said you were, you were thinking about becoming a priest rather than follow a career or whatever?
0: Uh, I think they were very surprised because the night before I went to Caramoy, that was where our novitiate, that's where okay. I started here in Narda. Okay. Uh, we went on, on a pioneer pilgrimage to Nakh. But an integral part of that pioneer Pilgrimage was a dance in the new hall in Ennis, which <laughs> well, I okay. went to. And uh, then we got off the bus, I suppose, about two or three o'clock in the morning. And uh, I told the guys that I was going to Caramel, and I think some of them. You picked your moment, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Two or three
1: o'clock in the morning. Mm. And so, how many years now, Father, did you spend with well, saying Caramel?
0: I just spent one year or. Uh, novitiate year in Carmel. And then I went to Belmont where I studied philosophy in U C D and then after three years in philosophy I went and did my theology in Piltown. Okay. In the south of Pilkenny. And uh from there then I got what we call my obedience, my marching orders to <laughs> To Brazil. To Brazil. Mm.
1: You were ordained, uh,
0: Father. Where, where were you ordained? 1961, there? and then I finished my fourth year theology. I was ordained at the beginning of my fourth year theology. Finished my fourth year theology, and uh, in uh, '62, I went by freighter, a boat, cattle boat, to yes. Brazil. Myself and Peter Moriarty got dressed, and Peter was had worked 13 years in the Philippines and we were, the other two men with me were Father Jerry Donovan, Father Ned Barrett Father Ned is celebrating his golden jubilee next Saturday and they were a year and two years ahead of me but we were still very young so the the oblate superiors decided we better have somebody with a bit of experience so Peter, a wonderful man 13 years' experience in working in the Philippines as a missionary. So he was brought home to head the mission to Brazil.
3: Were you ever on a boat before that?
0: Um, that's a good question. <laughs> 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 <That'd be laughs> A rowing boat, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so, yeah. I mean,
3: a freighter from here to Brazil. How yeah. long did that sh- take? Or what well, actually, it, it took
0: us six weeks.
3: Six weeks.
0: But that wasn't due to the slowness of the freighter. It was due to the fact that we had lots of stops mm. putting on cargo. We had cattle on board and taking off cargo and taking on more cargo. So we went from Liverpool to Swansea. Swansea to the Canary Islands, Canary Islands and to Recife in the north of Brazil, down to Salvador, down to Rio, and we finished up in Santos, which was the big port for Sao Paulo.
3: Incredible, isn't
0: it? It's absolutely amazing.
1: But I'm just thinking, you you left kind of, was it 1961, 62? Yeah. I'm just thinking, like, what preparations were you given for going out for the missions? It was like,
5: in 61 you would have been trained in the Latin Mass and all that kind of thing, and you were going out to somewhere where you'd never been like in terms of languages and everything else. How were you prepared?
0: Well, the language spoken in Brazil is Portuguese, uh, and I didn't know any Portuguese, and I, I was orientated in the sense of not trying to learn Portuguese on my own, and which was very good advice because uh, when we did the, per- the, the language school, as we call it, we learned the language as a child learns the language mm. by listening. And you see, we adults, we know what the past is, we know what the present is, we know what nouns are and verbs are. Children don't know it, make any difference. They just pick it up and then they repeat what they hear. Mm. And that was more or less the way we learned the language. which was a wonderful method. Uh, so after three months, we knew enough to to be understood, of course. And then the fact that we were going out to preach the gospel—I suppose—that was that urgency and to get the language fairly well. You know, get a good understanding and to be able to to preach and. Spread the gospel. And you can't do that unless you have a fairly good knowledge of the language, I suppose.
1: Okay, Father, listen, I, I tell you what, we might wait until the second part to hear what happens when you get off the freighter. But at this time, we might just take a bit of music just to lead us in, uh, lead us out to this first part. Okay, it's a lovely piece of music this week, John. It's from Inino Morricone, it's
5: from The Mission, and it is Gabriel's Oboe. And I thought it was somewhat appropriate as it is uh, based on a film set in South America.
1: Okay, let's listen to this so Sacred space. So, welcome back again to the second part of Sacred Space, Mister 102. Thanks for that piece of music there, Shane, to lead us out of the first section. Okay, Father, we got as far as you've been on a freighter
0: and you're approaching Brazil. Now what happens? Um, yeah, we got off that freighter and Father Pete Moriarty, who was with me, he went directly up to the mission, which was right in the middle of Brazil which is far away from where you're landing. Yeah, up in the state of Goyas. And, see, he knew a little bit of Spanish from his work in the Philippines. Okay. So I went and I joined the other two men, Father Ned Barrett from Ennis and Father Jerry Donovan from Kilcrohan in West Cork. And we did the language course for three months. After that, we bought a Jeep and we drove up to our mission. And that took us about a week, I'd say. Between taking wrong roads and unsigned roads and all mud roads dirt roads that
1: doesn't happen around China at all, no <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, anyway. so um, we, we we got there anyway I remember mm-hmm. for St. Patrick's Day in 19 what year was it
1: 1962 was it Father? 63
0: 63 okay then sorry, we got there in that? March you okay. see and uh, from there then we started off our missionary work that that um, that music that you put in, put on the mission is a very good setting for the whole reality of Latin America. You know mm-hmm. where you had a continent which was nominally Catholic, but which uh, had tremendous injustices. These injustices were fought right from the beginning by the missionaries that you had in the mission and. You had the whole collusion with the, the church and the Spanish and Portuguese authorities which result in the expulsion of the Jesuits and that whole scene that we saw in, in the mission. And I suppose even when we went there, that was the reality. Eh? You have, here you had a con- country like Brazil, nominally Catholic, but uh, its society was... Very un Christian in lots of ways, you had all the externals of religion, mm-hmm. the devotions to the saints, and that would have sprung up, especially because of the lack of priests you know there's the, the positive aspect of the devotion to the saints that it kept and to our lady of course, mm-hmm. and it kept the faith alive. the people without priests got together for their novenas and for their festas and kept the faith alive through the, what we call the popular religion. Now, mm-hmm. I suppose the big, uh, the big challenge to us was to try and get that popular religion, to get it to eke into the structures of society which were totally unjust. And I suppose the, one of the big characteristics of society in Latin America is the tremendous riches on the one hand and tremendous poverty on the other hand. So it wasn't just a question of going out and teaching the people the catechism and teaching the people their prayers, but mm-hmm. teaching people what, what does it mean being a Christian, bringing Christ's message, the, the, the mm-hmm. gospel values, the mm-hmm. kingdom values to these people.
1: Were the people in this area before you, now, Father? Were the missionism priests there before you entered this area?
0: No, they never had a resident priests. Sometimes they got a priest once a year, and he got all the people together. For he'd go for a couple of days and get the people together and do piles and piles of baptisms, as I did myself, mm-hmm. and uh, confirmations. We confirmed babies when they were born. I remember one fest that I was at and with, I had a lovely man uh, down Benedito, an American Franciscan he says to me listen John you're not used to this but I know how it works so you you get somebody who's able to write write in the names for the baptism and you baptize them all as they come into the church and right. then send them up to me above at the altar so that I can confirm otherwise <laughs> you'll be, I'll be confirming people who aren't baptized and you'll be baptizing our people production who were line yeah. <laughs> but yeah. that is all changed no, that was yeah. that was part of our easing in to get getting to know what the the social, economic, and religious reality it was, and it's been a tremendous experience. And,
1: and Father, can I ask, you know, if, if you don't mind, can I ask you just one thing? From what you expected to, to see when you got out there and what you actually seen, were you surprised, shocked, or is it more or less as you expected?
0: Yeah, I suppose it was... It was a change, anyway, from what mm-hmm. I was used to, you know. Mm-hmm. where we went up, you didn't have paved roads... You didn't have electricity. You didn't have running water. You had water in a well that you pulled up, in the old-fashioned well that you'd see sometimes. Yeah, mm. in the postcards, and uh, that has all changed, of course, now because that whole area has developed mm-hmm. in the last forty years, almost fifty years. But uh, the people are wonderful. People are very welcoming, you know, and. Uh, I remember when I could hardly say any Portuguese. They'd say to me, "My goodness, but you're speaking wonderful Portuguese!" And then twelve months later, they'd say to me, "God, I remember when you came out and me, we hadn't a clue what you were saying." Do you know, but they, they they were very understanding, and they would never laugh at you if you mixed up everything. They they were very understanding.
1: And have you stayed in the one area, Father, all the time? No,
0: no, I I worked there in the interior for. Four years, and then it was felt that we needed a place, a more central place in a bigger town, especially for the guys. See, that time we were getting out three or four missionaries every year, so to meet them at the, the airport, meet them coming into the country. Mm-hmm. And there was a, a parish in Rio vacant, and I went and took over that parish, and I'm there ever since. It must be a record. 66. Eh? That is incredible. Mm.
3: So, how did the Newcastle West Street Children's Organisation get involved, or who set it up? What was the the thinking behind
0: it? Well, I'm sure you all know Paddy Geary, eh? mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. and I'm sure you all know Father John Fleming, Father John Keating, eh? uh-huh. and. Uh, I cannot even tell you now how many years back it was since Sean called me and told me that he had done a project and got money for uh, the street children in Latin America. And, of course, it is a a problem all over Latin America, especially in the big cities. Now, I had no specific work with street children at the time. I had lots of problems, uh, social works to help children, old people, young people. But a specific work that would target street children, those that are left on the streets, those that you see sleeping on the streets or begging on the streets, uh, where I am about 30 miles out from the centre of the city. So we didn't have any specific work attend those people and then I got to know the true Father Frank and Father Richard I got to know these three beautiful ladies who are sitting here alongside me, three teachers from Newcastle West and uh, last year when I was at home they gave me a cheque of 8,000 euro and that was as well as the money they had given me previously. Mm-hmm. And I felt that I should direct this, this money towards the specific end from which it was given. So I, I located two entities, one up in Goyan, where some of our priests work in the middle of Goyas, and another one in Rio, about 10 miles from where I live. And they work specifically with street children. So... Maybe I think I'm doing an awful lot of talking in this program. Maybe I should <laughs> hand over to these uh, three uh, lovely lasses uh, from Newcastle West. Maybe, maybe Rachel. I know Rachel's been on the
1: program before, Rachel Lennon, and she's spoken, in fact, about that project father. So, Rachel, you told us you would come on again and tell us what your experience. I and did, John. So, off we go.
4: Um, I suppose just. Going from where Father John was talking about our trip to Brazil, we, myself and Kira and Sarah, went to Brazil with Father Keane on the nineteenth of July, and we spent about two weeks with Father John. And we did visit the various different projects mm. that he has um, used the funds that we've sent over to him. He's used those in in various ways. And I suppose for myself, um, one of the the most moving places that we went to was the orphanage of uh, the guardian angels we went there um during our stay in rio Mm -hmm. um it's in rio de janeiro it's in the parish of saint theresa and uh, we met with two sisters that are working there um where they run two programs for children there's always 20 20 children um they're in residence, they live, eat, sleep, and are educated there. And then there's a complimentary program where 15 to 25 kids are catered for uh, until nighttime during the day. And I suppose we we met with Sister Angela and Father John, translated for us. But we saw the children, and we saw the conditions that they're being taken from, and the opportunities that they're being given. They're safe, they're healthy, they're looked after. Um, from my own perspective, I suppose the most moving moment was holding a 14 day old baby called Lucas who had been found in a bag in a bar Mm -hmm. um, with an umbilical cord still attached Um, and he was thriving Mm -hmm. you know he was being cared for and to see sister Angela with him and holding him and loving him the way he deserved you know I think that was possibly one of the the most rewarding moments Um, while we were there. But I mean, that wasn't the only project we saw. We saw lots more as well. Father John took us all around the parish to the different chapels and um, we just, we saw so much really. It's hard to describe.
1: Well, Sarah maybe, or Kira maybe, have you got an experience there you just might might want to share with us? I mean, this prison, what what happened inside this prison? I know Father, I I think Father Richard said mass, but he can speak to us later on. But your own experience, have you got any particular thing that stands out for you?
4: Uh, we did visit a prison okay. on the first day we were in Rio, and it was sort of a, a mm. I mean, an open prison really. Okay, um, and we just went in around it, and it was where they would work. And for every couple of days they worked, they got some time off their sentence. And in general, I when I heard we were going to a prison, I was kind of apprehensive about yeah, yeah, it yeah, not too sure, yeah. um, from what you'd see on television. But it was completely different. To that, you know, we were walk, walking around and we went to mass there that Father Kirban said uh-huh. and we got to see where they worked and, you know, it was a nice experience, definitely eye-opening.
1: And Father, you, uh, you work within this prison full-time kind of thing, do you? Oh,
0: well, no, I just uh, go there once a week, every Tuesday morning I have a group, uh, two women, three men, mm-hmm. and we form a team and uh, it was amazing, I, I never... Felt myself called to work with in doing prison work until I got a letter from England to locate an Englishman who was in prison. Mm-hmm. I eventually located him, and when I went and visited them, he, he had hardly any Portuguese. So he had a group of inmates who were from other countries because the pres- this particular prison has, has people from all over the world. Okay. So there were some pe- people through whom he could communicate and, and they could speak English, and they all begged me to come back.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And from there on I started off, and then the prisoners themselves built what I would consider a nice little chapel, isn't it, girls mm-hmm. And every Tuesday we get together, and we have other other activities as well, like prayer meetings and... Uh, we used the chapel too for mm. social projects. Right, but the yeah.
4: prisoners really, the day we were there, they get involved in the mass, you know, they're there, they're reading the prayers of the faithful and so responsive and singing and, you know, it's it's fantastic to see it as well.
0: Yeah, well I suppose that is a characteristic of our Brazilian People, you know, they haven't the inhibitions mm-hmm. to say prayers or even get up and preach
3: mm-hmm. or
0: yeah. <laughs> to express themselves uh, as you would have it here at home in Ireland. Eh? And uh, I think that is wonderful that uh, there is there is uh, great participation even in the even in the in the jail. They, I sometimes tell the people that. Uh, people in my parish, do you know something? The people down in the jail, they sing a lot better than you do. <laughs> <laughs> <There> you <go. laughs>
1: and just before we go for the break to finish up the segment, Sarah, have you got any particular memory yourself that you, you'd take away from your trip? To?
4: Um, to? It's probably the night we did the food run, mm-hmm. where we prepared, um, meals were prepared in a kitchen where um, I think some of the funds were used to fit out the kitchen.
0: Yeah, mm. The funds from Newcastle West helped to uh, equip the kitchen, you know, with cookers and equipment for uh, packaging the meals. So we bring every Monday night to about a 140 street dwellers. These are people who live in the streets and mm-hmm. we bring them clothes as well. Uh, it's not really solving their problem, it's solving their immediate problems. You know, we're giving them food for the day. But uh, it's uh, there. There needs to be other projects to where these people can be recuperated, they, they can, where they need special treatment because lots of them are very sick people, and where they need uh, treatment as well, therapy to get over the the vices, be it of drink, drugs, mm-hmm. whatever it may mm-hmm. be. Mm-hmm.
3: So, Sarah, Father John mentioned earlier about kind of the (coughs) difference between the richness and the the poverty side by side. Was that something you experienced while you were out there?
4: Um, Yeah, definitely, especially when we were just driving around Rio. um, Like at one side of a mountain, it could be pure shantytown favelas. Mm -hmm. And then at the other side, mansions. And it was like total opposites. It was was an extreme difference between one side and the other. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and, and and I mean, even coming back, then coming back to say Newcastle West with that experience, you probably look at things differently now, girls. Would you than than what you did before? Well,
4: it'll definitely, I think, encourage us to continue fundraising. Yeah. So.
1: And that's no that's no problem. You give us a shout on that, and we'll see what we can do. In the meantime, we might go for that bit of music. And I think it's probably uh, by the time maybe Father John needs a glass of something anyway, just to just revive himself. He's been doing an awful lot of talking there. I think it's an idea one to take anyway. This time, um, it's by Mark It's by Mac Forrest. It's from his album "You Are Mine," and the title track is "You Are Mine." Okay, let's go for this. A voice
5: came from the cloud This is my beloved son In whom I am well pleased. Listen to him I will come to you In the silence I will lift you From all your fear You will my voice I claim you as my choice be still and know I am here and do not be afraid for I am with you I have called you each by name I will
0: Space.
1: So, welcome back again to Sacred Space here in West Limit 102. My name is John Keeley, and I'm joined this morning by um, Shane, Lorraine, Father Richard, who hasn't said a word yet, and we must let him in in a minute. Father John, thank you very much for coming with us. And Sarah, Kira, and Rachel. Didn't I get all the names right for a change? You thank you very, very much right indeed. On. Okay, Father Richard, how do you get involved with all of this anyway? Tell me. <clears throat>
2: As uh, Father John alluded to, um, one of the priests in the parish, Father John Keaton, had a very big uh night, maybe about nine nine years ago, mm-hmm. and raised a lot of money. And when Father Duig was thinking about how we could get the young people in the parish involved, and you know, and mm-hmm. uh, charitable activity, we thought we might continue uh, this uh, this link with Father John Cribbin It's it's incredible. To have somebody on the ground in Rio, so that when we raise money, we can give it directly to Father John, who knows exactly where the needs are, and give them directly, you know. So it was a tremendous link. We're very lucky to have it. And so that's what I did. I, I started going around um, looking for volunteers, um, our victims, <laughs> to join this uh, this, victims, uh, think, this yeah. committee. Yeah. And, you know, we are all tremendously enthusiastic people. And over the last couple of years I think we've raised over twenty thousand euro. I think I uh, doing different things such as pushing a bed into Limerick and Shaving
1: um, legs and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. saving uh, shaving uh, legs uh, uh.
2: and all types of things. And um concerts as well that we've had with local groups different groups, um Playing in one of the venues in town mm-hmm. every year, we do that, and it's going very well. And selling Christmas cards, so it was tremendous this year to actually go out and visit um, the place where we're sending all the money to, you know, mm-hmm. and to see Father John Cribben. So we saw Rio in its totality, you know, as the lads were saying that uh, you'll see Welt in Rio, you won't see any place else. And I think you have to remember too that I mean the World Cup is going to be in Brazil in 2014, mm-hmm. and the Olympics in Rio two years later. I mean, you know, and, and so I, I, I can't remember the World Cup and the Olympics being on in the same country yeah. in the space of two years, mm-hmm. which sure and that's going to cost an absolute fortune, you know, to accommodate athletes and journalists and visitors from the entire world, you know. Mm. So there, there must be money in in Brazil, you know, so to be able to actually achieve this, you know. And okay. ha-
1: have you got any particular memory yourself now, Father, of your trip out there?
2: Yeah, a number of things. First of all, the contrast, obviously, you know, um, between, obviously, you have all these mentions by the beaches yeah. and then the, the shanty towns and the favelas. Mm. Um, one thing is the mass as well. I mean, do you know, like a mass in Ireland, uh, you know, you uh, know, the uh, Mass like maybe 35 40 minutes okay if you have a choir you get away with 45 minutes but a- anything off that to be some kind of mutiny or uh, uh, <laughs> revolution <laughs> yeah. but I-, I was in Rio I'm asking off an hour and a half yeah. you know and it's, it's actually very alive I mean um, all the congregation are singing and they're all taking a part you know with um readings and prayers to the faithful. And also the homily too. I mean, the homily can last a half an hour. Um, but with Father John, like it is, I mean, in, in Newcastle West, if I speak for more than five minutes, like I can hear coughing and yawns and whatnot. But the thing is, with Father John, like the, the, the congregation is so engaged and sometimes you end up having a dialogue as well. You no, know, oh, so oh, it's always just, Excellent. so much more alive. And even in the prison, as the lads were saying, the way it was, um, the way the prisoners were so into, you know, with a bunch of um, uh, men uh, imprisoned, for various things, and you are singing the hymns with gusto. You know, like the opening hymn, communion hymn, offertory hymn, and mm-hmm. recessional hymn. And every single one of them, you know, singing along uh, with real spirit. You know, so that's the one thing that you see. The congregation singing was fabulous. Beautiful. And also, um, just a contrast, I think, between seeing the the wealth of Rio and like and things like. Um, George, there was one place we went to it was like a real Portuguese church a lovely church um, and outside the church there were these paintings on the ground uh, apparently this was a place that, I think Brazil used to be run by a military dictatorship a number of years mm-hmm. ago and the police actually so- shot street children outside the church which was very striking and moving yeah. to see that um, the reason being obviously the street children were stealing to survive you know mm-hmm. so instead of trying to relocate these children you know in institutions like like bad press you know mm. but to go over and see the orphanage in Rio to see the tremendous love mm. that the nuns there had for those children and you know and also too to the nuns were young girls they're in their 20s the nuns were like you wouldn't see a nun in their 20s in Ireland anymore no. unfortunately yeah. uh, but um, maybe in the enclosed orders, there might be a few Mm-mm. younger nuns arise. But to see these nuns um, treating the children like their own children, being like real mothers to them.
1: Yeah, fantastic.
2: And to see the wonderful smiles on these nuns, which because their hearts were full of love, and to see the, the happiness that these children had, children taken off the streets, as Rachel said, mm. one child discovered in a sack, and to see these children being given a real childhood. Mm. And Very to good. see the money that we raised from our activities... Given to improve the facilities for those children was fabulous. Father, you. As you
3: said, the money that's being raised absolutely every cent goes out, Rachel, doesn't it? We, I mean, there's Nothing is spent kind of on administration or anything like that. No,
4: and I suppose that is one of the major benefits of having our direct link with Father Cribben, um in Rio de Janeiro. There is no middleman, there's no administration or red tape. It's just sent straight out there, and every cent can be pumped into these projects: the the different social works, the food runs, Meals on Wheels, orphanages. Um, you know, into everything that um, Father Cribbon is overseeing out in Rio. Um, but I suppose it's important to say that the day we went to that Orphanage of the Guardian Angels we presented um, Sister Angela and the other sister that was there with 3,000 euro and that 3,000 euro came purely from one fundraising event that we held in Fireworks Nightclub in Newcastle West just two weeks before we went out. So that was Tunes for Charity too. It was a fantastic night. We had a great turnout. Um, it was in response to popular demand for another night following the success of last year, where we raised four and a half thousand euro. There were six acts all together uh, two bands from Skullvog Zita, Ewall and No Good Cause. Then there was a solo act, Emmett Scanlon, a comedy duo, Size Two Shoes, Trad Rock Band The Real Deal, and uh, the Stellas were headlining the event. So we also had um, DJ Fiona McSweeney, who's from mm-hmm. Wesley yeah. mm-hmm. and um, Kieran from Fireworks, you know, was really uh, supportive again this year. But that 3,000 euro has helped provide children with homes, education, clothing, and healthcare. And I suppose it is just really important to remember that. I mean, at the end of the day, that all that money that's helping the different projects, we are aiming to help children who ultimately cannot fend for themselves and they're completely innocent and they're victims of their own circumstances. You know, it's its absolutely nothing to do with them. So um, that's ultimately what we're trying to do.
0: Right yeah, that, and right I Rachel, and I suppose uh, one of the things too, you could see there uh, how your money has been spent even in bettering the... the the areas and like the the entrance hall is, you could see all the work that is
4: completely we could see where the money had been used I mean from little things like duvets and school bags and um, you know the, the different pieces of furniture in the orphanage to bigger projects like um, the play area inside for the children and the plans to expand that to outside where there's going to be kind of a green area for the children and exactly. a playground and things like that
1: Father, just so I know we're we're very really tight in time. Maybe the last few minutes, a minute or two, you might just give us
0: a, a resume, please. Well, I just want to state how impressed I am with this program. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's wonderful to see young people like these and yourselves uh, here producing every week a program which is really gospel-based and... As I said earlier on in the prayer, you're bringing the good news of the gospel through radio, through the medium of radio, to the people of West Limerick, to the people who are at home, maybe sick and who can't get out. And I'm sure it's it's doing a power of good. And I'd like to express my thanks to Paddy Geary, mm-hmm, yeah. John Keating, who were the first to mm-hmm. to come up with this idea of helping the street children in Brazil and we didn't mention another project up in the interior of, of, of Brazil because we're so far away but they're doing wonderful work too, mm-hmm. they go out in the streets and pick up these kids and ask the kids do they want to stay in the street, would like to get out of it, mm-hmm. some of them have AIDS some of them are prost- young girls, prostitutes young mothers, 12 and 13 years of age mm-hmm. and they have a home Thanks to your work here in Newcastle West. I'm impressed with, you know, we missionaries, sometimes I think you get the feeling that uh, we're the heroes out there, but the really heroes are just the people at home who have given us our vocation. It was here that our vocation started and grew and was fortified and is back to this day. I think of my own parish at home, Channel Golden, especially where I was born and reared the the local committee have always helped me, the race committee in shanna and the, the hall in Shanna-Golden was a place where I got great financial backing too for different different projects outside the, the apostolic work here in Ireland mm-hmm. right from the beginning they gave us all the things that we needed mm-hmm. we were going up to a place where there was never a church or anything like that so all the, the vestments and Chalices and, and all that. There's so many people involved that it's it's it makes you feel that you have to be more committed still because you have so many people that are with you. You're not alone. They're interested in you. Do you know. Okay. I just think now, very shortly, I'll be going down to visit Brian Geary, and uh, we'll keep him in our prayers at this particular time uh-huh. for himself and the family. But when you went to the prison. You could see there the the play playground yeah. which he donated, and that was to help when when the the mothers come and visit the the husbands, the children have a place to play. And it was actually the prison director asked me, "Any chance you help me? I, I need these children can't be just sitting around. We need something to keep them occupied when the, the families come." And you saw the playground there in the prison. So. Father, thank you
1: very much indeed for that. And, and and one of the awful jobs that I have to do from time to time is to close this programme when we don't want to close the programme, but we've already as usual gone over time. Father Cribbin, thank you very much indeed for you know for a few things for for coming to speak to us um, this morning. For your vocation for accepting that call many years ago, forty eight, forty nine years ago. We're doing the work of the Lord that that's that we can't do, but we'll try and do what we can to help you out. To Father Richard and to the girls, thank you very much for coming in and sharing your story with us. Thanks. I'm afraid Lucas touched me. I'm going to have to adopt Luca. I think I'm going to have to try and do something for that fellow Luca. Guys, thank you very much, Lee, Lorraine, and Shane for coming in this morning. You're very good. There's a, there's a, a really a piece of music that I, that I felt I had to play at the end of this um, program. It's um, it's uh, composed by Mary Don, and it's it's the other vocation song, and I think it goes well to finish off this programme. It's entitled, You'll Be My Witnesses. So I hope you enjoyed the programme there out in West Limit 102 land. And we'll look forward to beating you again next week. Take care of yourself and God bless now. Bye-bye.
5: secret space